0: Okay, Q jingle. Q
1: jingle. There it is. And we're on. Hey, Greg. We're on. Hey, John.
0: How are you today?
1: I'm fantastic. You are? I am in Palm Springs, of course. Oh, my. Yes. uh, Uh, And I, for the past three days, I haven't even turned my air conditioning on until about five o'clock in the afternoon because there has been a cool breeze. Uh, going through my house all this time. So right now I've got the doors open and there's a breeze. The dog is loving it. Um, so yeah, I'm having a great day. How oh, you that's eat? fantastic.
0: Uh, good. Uh, you can see, uh, although listener, you cannot, uh, but uh, Greg can see I am wearing a sweatshirt, a hoodie. Um, I am not wearing pants today, but I have that's been perfect. wearing, I almost can't say the word, pants. I've been wearing pants the past few days Weird. because it's. it has turned, it is close to fall. I am up in uh, beautiful uh, West Seattle, just outside of Seattle. And and it is while it is clear out, oh, nice. uh, it is uh, it is just in the fifties. It's, wow. uh, it's it's not neat. warm. It's not. And warm.
1: listener, as you're hearing us now, as you perhaps heard us say before, we are the Tasty Gents, and we're delighted to have you with oh, us. Yeah. We are we uh, split our time between Seattle, Washington, and Palm Springs, California. And so, as Jonathan said right now, if you could see the camera view right now, you would see me in a very light t-shirt. All my windows are open. It's very nice in my house. Uh, and Jonathan is in three layers that I can see. Yes. Um, <laughs> I'm covered furs. in furs. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. We're Faux trying.
0: fur, of course.
1: Faux <laughs> fur. Yes. <laughs> so what are we talking about today, Jonathan? Well, you know, we, we've we done this uh, a little bit before. And we talked about this. Uh, we, we're going to talk about what are you eating this week? I love this topic. I love this topic. So, and listener, we will tell you. I will tell you. Um one of the ways that made it so easy for Jonathan and I to decide to come together and make this podcast is we both love eating and we both love making food and we both love experimenting. And whether we're Mm -hmm. eating someone else's experiment or our own, or whether we're trying something new or making the same damn thing that we make all the time, we both get a lot of joy out of food and the things that that surround food. And so um, as a theme, that's been great. And I have always got something going on for the coming week uh and in the current time and so I like that we get to talk about that today.
0: Yeah, I, I do too. And and one of the things that that and that I and, you, and if you've been on the face listener of course if you're on the Facebook group and you've seen some some pictures of of Greg do cooking and baking and all the cool stuff that he does, but one thing that that Greg really has down that I am still struggling to make happen is really amazing sourdough bread and and as 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 you would imagine, it starts with the starter. That's where yeah. that's where it starts. Yeah, that's where the that's where the action happens. Yeah. Um, mine and I just made this joke. I'll make it again for for you because I said to Greg, my starter is a non-starter. So, Greg, <laughs> you said that you're doing something special with your starter. What, what's going on with that?
1: So, a, so a couple things. So, I I started. I decided I wanted to make sourdough bread in the winter before the pandemic. So I watched a bunch of YouTube videos on how to make a starter. And of course they you know all they say is you, know, you put water and, and flour into a container and you leave it on your counter for it to ferment. All that is true. Mm-hmm. And so it uh, it ferments the wild yeast and other bacteria that are in that are in flour and in the air automatically um, will turn into uh, sort of turn into yeast. And the result will be that um, the the wild yeast that grows in your starter will consume, the stuff the bacteria and other things that are Mm -hmm. in flour and then they they fart so as they Mm -hmm. this is what yeast does as well as they fart as they off gas um that's where you get bubbles in a starter and that those bubbles i know some of you right now are wishing i wasn't describing this to you yes (laughs) these parts are what make bread fluffy rather than being like a cracker or like a brick so okay so I started back then with the starter and the the thing I'll tell you, I follow all the, all the directions and a very common way to do this is you put, let's like, say 20 grams of water and 20 grams of flour uh, together into a jar and you stir them up, you yeah. leave it on the counter. And then regardless of what it looks like, um, 12 hours later, more or less at the end of the day, you throw half of that away. <clears throat> and which leaves you with 20 grams in total. Uh, and then you, so now you you add another 20 of flour and another 20 of water so you're always giving the starter new flour to eat. Now, even though you do that, it won't show any action for probably a week or two. <clears throat> you'll finally start to get some bubbles, but there's all sorts of things that you'll read uh, about, um, you know, your starter should be floating before you use it to make bread. That doesn't really have to be true. It, basically, it just needs to be alive and bubbly uh, mm. in order to use it to um, to leaven the dough, which is to say to make the dough grow. Okay. So, made my sour, my my whole wheat starter. I still use the same starter, um, uh, and yet the first couple of months that I was baking bread, <clears throat> my bread was crap. Maybe the first month, it was mm-hmm. crap. It was bricks. I couldn't get it to rise. I wasn't getting enough action out of the starter, um, and and I stuck with it. And that's what my advice has been to other people: that I stuck with it. And I kept making crappy loaves, and sometimes I would turn them into croutons, and sometimes I would just throw them away. <laughs> And eventually the starter got strong enough to actually um, uh, make the bread rise and make the bread turn into bread. So I've been using the same starter since then. And I hear people who are super, like they have it like wrapped in a towel and they bite its own seat on an airplane and they won't leave it behind. None of that has been my experience. (laughs) When I'm not baking, it goes in the fridge and it's fine. When I'm traveling, it goes in the freezer and it's fine. You take it out and you let it thaw and you fill it back up. So Okay, that was a really long answer. What your, your question was, what am I doing that's new? So I'll be baking bread this week. My whole wheat starter is the one I've been doing all along. Mm-hmm. It's fine, very bubbly. So it's going to be um, a couple of loaves because I always make two and give one away. Uh, mm-hmm. But I've also been working on a white flour starter. And I've read that um, whole wheats uh, and organic flours are better because you get more of the sort of natural yeast that's in the flour will be present. Right. Um but I'm just trying out a white flour starter to see if I can make it and what it looks like, and it's gotten it's gotten bubbly. So um, I might make a white flour loaf this week, as well as a mixed white and wheat flour. Wonderful, yeah. So that's going to happen for me this week. Nice. Um, all that sounds like this is a really huge project. The fact is, it's not a huge project at all. I you know, <laughs> I'm to the point where both of my starters are are pretty viable. So I'll take them out tonight and feed them before I go to bed. And I'll probably prep a dough in the morning um, or two doughs in the morning that I'll end up baking on Sunday or Monday. So.
0: Yeah, so you let your doughs actually sit for several days.
1: Yeah, it depends. And so what I find, the recipe I follow is a a really common one. So I prep my dough. um, I I feed my starter at night, let's say, on a – what are we at? Friday. On a Friday night, I feed the starter, get up in the morning, and I prep the dough so uh, the. It all gets made in the morning and then it proofs throughout the day. And proofing is just the experience of the the starter um, sort of spreading throughout the rest of the dough and causing the rest of the dough to rise and get kind of poofy. So you want that, obviously. Proofing is impacted by ambient temperature and by relative humidity. And at any given day, that can vary. So sometimes my bread is proofed and ready to go in a few hours. Sometimes it actually takes the better part of a day. Hmm. But then I'll shape the loaf or loaves um, at the end of that day when it's done proofing uh, and then put those in the refrigerator um, for an overnight uh, re- retard, which b- starts to build flavor. After, mm-hmm. Basically, which is to say that's I know that that word can be uh, the word gets used for other things that I think are really re- not all that great. But right. the actual definition of to retard is to stop something. So you right. want to you want to stop the proofing process. And mm-hmm, when sour, mm-hmm. and that's where sourdough gets its um signature sour flavor is from the dough fermenting a little bit as it as it waits. Mm-hmm. So if I leave it in the in the refrigerator for one night and I make it in the morning, there'll be a little bit of a sourdough flavor, but most of it's just bread and yeast. It's very tasty. Yeah, if I let yeah. it go two or three nights, two or three more days before I bake it, more of that of that flavor comes forward. Oh, fantastic.
0: That's a good point. Yeah. I I always do it the next day so that's maybe one of the things is I'm just I'm too I'm too
1: eager it'll change your flavor yeah you gotta yeah. you gotta not need bread I mean there's all if you there are there are great bread recipes that use commercial yeast where you can start a loaf in the morning and have bread on the table in the afternoon that is yeah. absolutely a thing and there's some great ones that do that sourdough is not that is not that recipe yeah. so three or four days before you want bread yeah so that's what, one of the things I am coming this week is um some more bread wonderful that's drinking this originally? week. Well, you know, uh I, I
0: so do you remember you may remember the episode where we did kind of the pasta cook off?
1: I do. And, yeah. Yeah,
0: that was fun and 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 Barb was really uh really instrumental in making that happen. But um we we did that at our, at our friend Eric uh Eric's house and uh Eric is uh, really generous with, with with his with his space um and and he's kind of got the perfect kind of the perfect house just for a party like this and so he puts on a regular party called foodie ball which is basically we find football games that everybody wants to watch and he's got his house is three levels it's one of those it's one of those uh, West Seattle houses that are very narrow and yeah. tall so you know yeah. and so uh, but he's got so he can put three different games on three different levels and on the kitchen level we'll have a game and then he'll set up the uh, he'll set up all this food so Yes, we watch the football, but mostly we're there to eat. So there's yeah, a lot yeah. of that, and because we are so close, it is September. We're we're rounding out September at this point. Uh, we are getting towards October. It is time for Oktoberfest. Uh, mm. So this is Oktoberfest season in Germany. This is when the beers come out, and you hear about all the all the great parties. Well, we're going to have a small one. Um, yeah. However. We wanted to make it a little bit different. So we are going to not just have your traditional bratwursts and uh, schnitzels. We are going to uh, focus on German tacos.
1: German, I'm sorry, German tacos.
0: German tacos, yes. Yes, German tacos are the theme. And it's a bit, enough. I'm going to talk a little bit about this, knowing that Eric won't hear this in time to change his (laughs) recipes, because I'm going to tell everyone what i'm making and he doesn't know because it's kind of a little bit of a competition it's a little bit of a surprise and we're gonna we're gonna see who uh who comes out at the end now i know what he's making and i'm not gonna say it here it's gonna be great we will have by the way we're gonna film some of it we're gonna do some of it on facebook live on the tasty tense channel so uh, yeah today is uh and and, and if you're listening to this on the day that it drops uh today is friday the, the 22nd so on this coming sunday um, around, uh, around you know, uh, 6 p.m. ish, 5 to 6 p.m. Uh, if you're around your, your your Facebook feed and you want to see something really cool, uh, drop in on the Taste Against channel and watch some of the Facebook live st- events that we have. So there'll also be a video following it like we did with the pasta party. Um, but, uh, but I am, so I am preparing uh, two different types of German tacos, right? Uh, the first one they're going to do is... Um, and, and uh, by the way, let me just say that in Germany, um, street tacos are cr- they're crazy for them. They love street tacos. Okay.
1: So this was going to be my question. Like I have never in my entire life heard of German tacos. So no, I I try lots of different cuisines as a, yeah. as a person who likes to cook. Although I've never ever tried German food, I have not. I know nothing about it. So this is a mm-hmm. thing. This is real, then.
0: It is a real thing, yes. And so uh, in Germany, and and there, and, and and if you're thinking about German food, right, what well, comes to mind? Like bratwursts and yeah. you know different different sausages and schnitzel and red cabbage or red cole as they call it, right? and all of those things come to mind. And they're delicious and they're wonderful. And some of those are used certainly with their food but what they really love is um if you go to say Greece or you go to the to to the to the Mediterranean or you go to the Middle East um a kebab a donor kebab right which is kind of you know you've seen those big uh steaks uh, like like yeah. a big metal rod. it has all the meat in kind of a cone and it's yeah. and it, and it kind of it rotates around and they shave off the the outside layers which are cooked and the inside layers then continue to cook. okay, that's very traditional. you would find that in lots of places. It has taken over in Germany. so this, so it's it's huge. they love it um and and they change some of the spices so that they can uh, match. Uh, or pair well with German beers, right? Because, of course, Germany, they still love their beers. And uh, and so there's different spices. So I so so those are one thing to do. But I I have a feeling that my friend Eric may be doing that, or something close to that. So I'm not going to say any more, because we're going to find okay. out. Um, I, however, okay, and don't tell anybody. Not a word. Okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to make something that's also very popular in Germany. It's called sauerbraten. And the sauerbraten, uh, according to Google, um, a traditional German roast of heavily marinated meat. It's supposed to marinate for days and days and days. Um, I'm going to use a pressure cooker to try to make this happen and not days and days and days. Um, but it's regarded as a national dish of Germany, frequently served in German-style restaurants internationally, right? It's kind of everyone, if you have this, you know it's German food. It can be paired v- from a variety of meats, this says, Um, Mostly from beef, usually from beef, uh, but also from venison, lamb, mutton, pork, and horse. Yes, horse. So um, if you have some extra horse laying around and you're like, (laughs) I've I've got nothing but time on my hands, you could make sour brat from horse.
1: Uh, that's good to know. And at least one person just turned off the podcast. <laughs> that's okay. Hopefully they yeah. turn it back on and come back and we tell that's you right. not, we're not cooking horse over here. Of but all the lines. Media. Some people do.
0: That's it. Of all the lines, the Tasty Tense crosses on a regular basis. That was the one.
1: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause we've offended some people. I we don't, mm. <laughs> um, okay. So you tell me about this, about what you're doing with the um, pressure cooker that's going to I mean, obviously that speeds up the process, but I don't own a pressure cooker, so I don't
0: Yeah. So one of the I one of the benefits gadgets. of pressure cookers, and I think we we talked, we may have touched upon this a little bit in, in one of our episodes where we talked about some kitchen gadgets. But mm-hmm. one of the things about a pressure cooker is it it's just that. So if you have a, a a hunk of meat, a roast or something, and you and or or chicken and you want it done very, very quickly, um, or if you have it in a marinade that you want to make sure that marinade really infuses it well into that meat, a pressure cooker is a wonderful uh, option because it'll thoroughly perfectly cook that meat in a very short period of time um mm-hmm. you, you, you put the you put the meat in you put the marinade or the, the liquid in you close the lid um, i have an instant pot so it does lots of things um, but pressure mm-hmm. cooking is one of them and then it puts on the pressure right it gets it up to a certain uh, boiling point and then it locks it in uh, you'll see, like on the back, this little tab will come up, saying it'll pop up, kind of, you know, you know to, to indicate that 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 it is at pressure, um, and then it just goes. And then That's when it's done, you have to release the pressure, right? You can't just pop that lid off, or it'll explode, like it'll it'll blow up. So right, so, so so uh, you release the pressure um, either gradually over the course of maybe twenty or thirty minutes, or you can just hit a little button, and all the steam comes up, and. Yeah. Um, and I learned when I'm making uh, pea soup that if you overfill it, then pea soup flies out. Um, <laughs> so be careful with that, you. Was,
1: wasn't that the the scene from The Exorcist? Was that the one? That was exactly yeah. yeah. She was basically yeah. a pressure cooker for the devil. Yeah. So <laughs> I think that should be our next like the t- the title maybe the subtitle. Tasty gents, a pressure cooker for the devil. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole no. series All right, I have questions about this because yes, okay. my guess as you said, if if I were in a german kitchen of you know, some decades ago, yeah. uh there there might be meat marinating as you say for days and days at a time before right. it's turned into this very popular dish of Sauerbraten. Yeah. Um how did you decide uh on the pressure cooker approach? Uh, because it makes sense, as you say, you don't have mm-hmm. as much time, and this is a yeah. way to get around that. Did you watch videos? Did you did you just know this? How did you know that this would work? Maybe oh, I have know. no idea.
0: I'm just I'm just going to love I, that. I know.
1: Um, you know, most of my life,
0: I think I think in a previous life I was a bird because I love to wing it.
1: <laughs> that's
0: that's right, yeah. okay.
1: See, the reason I'm- that's really cool, and I, and I I was uh, I did not know that's what you're going to say, but it makes me happy because for anyone who's listening who doesn't regularly experiment and try things in the kitchen. um, I want to, I want to recommend against getting super experimental with really expensive ingredients. You wouldn't necessarily want to do what Jonathan's describing with like a super high expensive filet mignon. I mean, frankly, that wouldn't be probably the right kind of meat anyway, but when I talked earlier about throwing away the really bad loaves of bread, you know, I was looking at maybe a dollar's worth of flour overall yeah. and uh, and other than that is water and part of my starter so um making mistakes and throwing them away putting them in a compost if that's what you do where you live not a bad thing at all it's how you yeah. learn so i really love that you're going to try this out because yeah. then we can uh, share the details.
0: You know, and I've, I've done, and, and so experiment with this recipe, yes, but not mm. with pressure cooking. So I have yeah. I have done quite a bit of it in the past, like a lot, and it is it is such a great way to get things done, um, nice. you know, it, especially when, oh my gosh, you get, it, so like I grew up, and I think I mentioned this a hundred times, but I grew, I grew up with, as, as a crock pot house, like we, yes. my, I, I would go off to school and, and my mother would get up about, you know, I, she would be up before me, um, and she'd be preparing stuff that would then go into the crock pot, lid goes on, button gets turned, she goes off to work, yeah, I come, you know, we both ascend uh, back to the house at the same, around the same time or so, um, and food's done, like, dinner's yeah. done, and, and that's, and that's kind of the life, but I never knew it was in it, like, I would always go in, and I'm like, oh, look, there's, noodles or oh there's a goat's head like whatever it was always something <laughs> no really like there's there looks like it looks like a pile of tongues because
1: it was like oh like, my oh, god
0: it was it was interesting so, so, yes. so it, when it when it was a chicken when it was just a nice natural regular chicken i'm like
1: oh glory days <laughs> it's
0: just chicken i recognize it's an that. animal that
1: i recognize <laughs> I know,
0: <laughs> um, but it was always delicious but for this so 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 pots. Are great, but they take a long time. Uh yes. and then and then uh of course these these pressure cookers are just super fast. Yeah, nice. So well so that that's it. So like, that's
1: yeah. I? I was just gonna say that sounds like you're amazing for this event that you have on Sunday.
0: I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So we I have most of the ingredients. We're gonna we're, we're gonna I'm, just, I, I'm gonna cook this up on Saturday uh to get this, you know, to, to get it done and make sure that everything works out because then that gives me a day to go, whoops, now what do I do? Yep. So <laughs> Uh, and then the, and th- that's one and then this gets served with when you make it a, a a taco um it gets served with uh some grilled onions some some pickled onions excuse me um oh. you get you you get a little you get some um uh what else goes on it? it says some uh some cabbage, uh parsley lime wedges and then uh some crumpled uh either feta or feta cr- Oh, C-O- yeah. c o t i j a. I say it is cotija.
1: I don't know cotija. if that's right or wrong.
0: That sounds it, even better.
1: Hopefully, someone will hear us and, and correct our bad Spanish.
0: Right. Bad bad Spanish. Spanish. Bad Spanish. Um, we could do it. The entire we could do one episode that's just bad Spanish.
1: We but could actually.
0: <laughs> it would, <laughs> be, sure. really it would be our most
1: popular. But <laughs>
0: Probably not. Um, um so that's that, that that's one. And the other one that I'm going to do uh is, is I'm going to do a breaded um pork. I'm going to do a schnitzel. So I'm going to do schnitzel tacos. Right.
1: So here's my question then about tacos. And you say you're telling me street tacos are a big thing like yeah. on the street in Germany and I I I this is I'm having a hard time with that because the the tortilla, the lime wedge, the cotija cheese, like all of that just feels so Latin American Mexican to me. Yeah. <clears throat> um that it just surprises me that this is a thing that's taken off in Germany. Um surprises in a delightful way. I love this like that idea of street tacos. Yeah, and I you know, I don't I don't know
0: enough about the culture of of how it was introduced or how it became so popular. But you know, you, you in, in in lots of these countries in 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 Germany, in in Denmark, um, Sweden I know of, and Norway as well, you have had over the past 20 years, um a, a, a large amount of immigration. And okay. and they are yeah, okay. and you have in you know, where you would and, and I remember, you know, so so my uh our son's uh mother uh is swedish and so we would go fairly mm. often and they said you know the, and it, it's a very accommodating culture and and they had a whole group of people who were who were coming in from turkey and from uh, other countries um right that uh they so much so that they um changed the the menus uh, uh at the school lunches and they, you know to accommodate these, these these children and they have these you know and of course you have to speak swedish in order to work and so there was some language Difficulties, sure. but now you know instead of instead of the you know kind of homogeneous, uh, you know, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, all, everyone's everyone, everyone kind of looks the same. It's it, it's it's diverse, right? It's more diverse. Interesting, and and a diversity of food as well, which is I think again, and I've said, I think we both mentioned this in the past. If you really want to have a an easy way into accepting cultures, I always start yeah. with the food.
1: Completely agree. Completely yeah. agree. Um, all right. So I stop you before you could talk about breaded pork. What else do you have coming up this week? <clears throat> Did you say oh, breaded pork? Yeah, so right? so that's
0: for Sunday. Um I uh I have also made some bread recently, but uh because I have no talent for it i have the <laughs> uh i have the uh the cuisinarts uh, bread maker
1: and oh very nice
0: so i made um I, I i did make some some basic kind of rustic white bread uh in it i also made a rye i mean a rye bread with caraway seeds and the whole thing um and and it was delicious yeah andrea it's and andrea you know bread. she's she's she and bjorn are mostly the bread eaters in the family yes. i uh, i do most of the bread making baking yep. and uh, and they do most of the bread, the bread eating. eating. So it's nice
1: to have that, that, uh, sort of combo of skills, if you will. <laughs> Somebody's um, got to make it. Someone's I have eating. to be the bread baker and the bread eater, uh, at my house. Although, um, I tend to give away, um, a loaf. Every time I make a loaf, I make, I just make two and I give, a, I give a loaf away to a neighbor.
0: That's so... a really generous thing. That's a really nice thing.
1: Nice. Yeah. It's kind of fun. It's fun to do that because I've been doing it long enough that it just comes, it just feels very common to me. Uh, But not everyone is used to having a a fresh loaf of bread um, that they get to sort of dig into. So that's very fun. Um, I will also tell you, we shouldn't, we we don't need to deep dive into this, but listener, if you had a chance to uh, listen to our bougie tuna episode, (laughs) uh, Fish in the Desert is the name of of the episode. And I talked about bougie tuna. I am going to have a bougie tuna melt for lunch today. Oh, I'm actually excited about that. I've already made the the tuna fish. It's got all the good stuff in it and I've got a good slice of homemade sourdough bread. Um, and then I will put, because it's what makes me happy, uh, a slice of American cheese, straight up craft deluxe mm. American cheese, right on top of that tuna melt. It's going to be fantastic.
0: That's the way to go. Yeah.
1: yeah. I'm pretty excited. Oh, That sounds great, man. Yeah.
0: I love that. I had, um, we have been eating down this incredible chili that Andrea made. We had a um, a farewell party for some some friends of ours. So so we've got friends, uh, at, and it seems like a lot of people seem to be doing this uh, recently. But um, they they live in an RV and they travel around and they're up in Seattle because they're you know they're from here and they're part of this larger group. They come up in the summer and they spend a month or or, or six weeks or longer, and then um, and they and they they you know they they hang out and they play volleyball. They do all the fun stuff. And uh, and they were leaving, so we hosted a farewell, like see you later, see you soon party kind of you know thing before they launch and and get underway and go see some of the country. And um and and but there was a lot. We have a lot of uh, as as we met with like with Dana, we have a lot of people who who don't eat meat, and so we Andrew made this vegan chili that was absolutely outstanding. And we do typically when she and I make chilies, and I love chili; it's one of my favorite things is uh you know there's some meats or some beans or sometimes there's steak or maybe even sausages or something right this was totally vegan and i just loved it it's it was just the the taste and the flavor like it used much more um you know uh it's spicy i'll say that so so it's a lot of chili powder and uh and i i've just been digging it so what i what I do typically is I'll have a, a small bowl of it, like maybe, maybe, maybe about like, a, a, you know, half of a regular serving, but then I'll just put an egg on top. And oh, that's my wow. favorite breakfast, in um, oh, the well, especially when it's a little chilly out. So I make, I make that, I've got my, yeah. my egg, little, little, little over easy egg on top, cup of coffee, and I go sit outside on our deck that we have here. And I get to, and we have this beautiful view of the Puget Sound. And I watch the fairy boats go back and forth and I eat my oh. chili and. That was my morning.
1: That's like like a shakshuka, but with chili rather than tomato sauce. Yeah, 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 exactly. exactly. That actually sounds amazing. I don't know. We don't really get the cold in Palm Springs like you do in Seattle, of course, which is why the Palm Springs. Um, It does cool down. That sounds like something I think I'd like to have.
0: I think, oh, my God, we should have a chili day, yeah.
1: Oh, my gosh, can we have a whole chili episode?
0: Let's do a chili episode.
1: I had chili myself, uh, so I make chili... I, I have three or four different go-to chili recipes. Mm-hmm. I have a sort of standard chili con carne that's got um, chunks of chuck roast uh, in it. Mm-hmm. So the meat gets really, really nice and tender uh, oh, in yeah. the final product. And it's got bacon in it too. So, you know, it's a double animal, double wham- Um <laughs> uh, I, have a, I have a chicken res- chicken chili recipe that's got uh, lots and lots of like... Um, uh, poblano chilies and jalapenos, a lot of other green chilies, and so it's got a fresh yeah. to it. And then I also have a vegan chili recipe that, um, is sort of mushroom based, but doesn't necessarily change, taste like that. And I think we should have an entire chili episode. Two episodes. Need, we'll need more than one,
0: we'll need it maybe a whole week, a whole several, a yeah, whole, whole thing. Nothing so all chilies. chili all the time, and then we'll just go around our neighborhood and hand out bowls of chili to people. Just ring their doorbell at random times of the
1: day. Everyone Here's a bowl of chili. Yes, exactly. Good morning, Good yeah, morning. Okay. I'd like to offer you this bowl of chili. Um who are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what do you do? Um, yeah. Uh okay. So uh anything else coming up for you? Else um, well yeah week? so
0: I think I think that's it. Like we've got we've got that. Um it is it is turning towards October, which means uh that we are a few weeks away from making the drive down to Palm Springs. Yeah, just a few weeks. And so thanks for turning the sun down and the heat down for us. We'll be there shortly.
1: I to say, we, we're we having a couple of days where right. I don't even think it's gonna reach 90 degrees today, which is oh crazy gosh. to even imagine. But uh, yeah, happy to turn down the heat in preparation for your arrival. So can't wait, yeah, yeah. Nice. Uh, but
0: that's about it, yeah. We, uh, you know, we made, again, I'm still loving the, the sous vide process. Awesome. Been, I did it last night with some flank steak. Um and then and it made it perfectly. I just pan seared it at the end to give it yeah. uh, a little bit of uh, char on the outside. Thinly sliced over uh, a very uh, a very healthy uh, salad that we made.
1: Oh, that sounds fantastic!
0: And then I used my air fryer and I made steak cut sized sweet potato fries.
1: This sounds amazing.
0: Yeah, I that's what we did last week. We start night.
1: putting things like that up on the on the Facebook page for Tasty Gents because I know that our listeners would love to see some of that. I you think do more cool stuff like that. I'm all day long about making Spanish tortillas with potatoes and onions, but um that sounds like an amazing meal.
0: Well, we you know what? Um we'll do it together when we come down. Yes. We've got all the stuff. Oh
1: my gosh, we're going to cook
0: so much. We're going to get so fat. I can't wait.
1: Err. <laughs> <laughs> so much fat err. Err, right. Well, Jonathan, yeah. yes sir. You know what happened while we've been chatting? What's that? We have again burned through an entire 30 minutes. <gasps> our and our listeners' lives. My goodness. I know. We did it. Um, well,
0: it's been a delightful uh, I can and hey, I want to hear listener, listeners, what are you yes. eating this week? Like what's what on what's what's gonna make it to your table? Yeah. And what are you excited are you about? Forward to? Yeah. What are you looking forward to? So let us know. Uh, you can email us at tastychance at gmail.com or you can hit the Facebook page. Drop You're us a like link. Uh, drop us a, a note in our in our Facebook page and
1: just let us know what's going on. We'd love to hear from you. We sure would. Until the next time, my friend Jonathan, have a good one. Yes.
0: And, and I don't know how you would say adios in German, but... Uh, <laughs> I think that's the best I can do. Adios in German. Say,
1: I feel like there's no version of that that I can handle well, so we'll just leave it there. Adios <laughs> in German.
0: <laughs> All right, everybody. Bye, Take everyone. Care. Bye.
1: You've been listening to Tasty Gents, a geeky Palm Springs to Seattle podcast.
0: Okay, cue jingle.
1: Cue Q- jingle.
0: There it is.